Today, we're going to wrap up the series, Be Strong. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, the scripture tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We can't afford to be a weak Christian. We need to be strong in the Lord because we're all going to face adversities and challenges, struggles in this life, and we need God's strength to be able to stand in the evil day, he says. There is a day when it seems like everything goes wrong. There's a day when a tragedy happens, when there's a challenge that's before you that's just too much, but we can overcome in victory if we have the Lord's strength. The scripture gives us this truth from Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I mentioned to you how that in Nehemiah chapter 8, they read the word of God and they stood for many, many hours. But something else that happened there is that they wept. As they heard the word of God, they realized how much they had strayed and they began to weep. But then after a time of mourning, this was the word of the Lord to the people. Don't mourn anymore. Don't weep anymore. This is a holy day. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I want you to know that this is a truth for us in our lives that we need the joy of the Lord. Because without it, in our battles, we will become weak and weary. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, there's great strength that can be derived from the joy of the Lord. It will keep us going. I'll tell you, our adversary, the devil, he always wants to steal your joy because he knows if he can get you down and discouraged, it will weaken you. We got to be strong in the Lord. And to do that, we need the joy of the Lord. Did you know that Jesus has joy and Jesus wants your joy to be full? It's John 15 and 11. He says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. He said that my joy, see, he has joy. Jesus had joy as he walked this earth. Listen, this is on the night that he would be betrayed, and he's talking about his joy. He says that my joy would remain in you, and that your joy would be full. Speaking about Jesus, Hebrews 1 and 9 says, Your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Jesus had more joy than all of those other guys. He was full of joy. You need to know this, that our Savior had joy. People hated Him, were mean to Him, accused Him, persecuted Him, rejected Him, but He had joy. Now think about this for just a minute. Jesus, the Savior of the world. I mean, He loves people. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And here He is as He's here in this world. He's seeing blind eyes open. People see for the first time. He's seeing the lame walk. Deaf ears open. He even saw people raised from the dead. He saw 
People that were possessed by demons set free. All of the miracles that are happening around him all the time. I want you to know Jesus had joy. And he says, I want my joy to remain in you and your joy to be full. Not just a little bit, not running on fumes. No, to be full of joy. As I always say, this wasn't written for the disciples. It was said to the disciples, but it wasn't written for them. It was written down for you and me. He wants our joy to be full. Jesus says this at a time when the circumstances are about to get really, really bad. I mean, in just a few hours, they're going to take him away, and all of the disciples are going to disperse. They would, in a few hours, watch him be crucified and die a horrible death on a cross. Jesus is preparing them for what's to come. You talk about a battle, you talk about a dark day. This was their dark day. It turned dark literally that day. But you can stand through the worst day of your life when the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to understand, when we're talking about the joy of the Lord, we're not talking about mere happiness. It's something much deeper than that. But See, happiness is when you like your circumstances. I mean, when things are going well for you, it's easy to be happy. Happiness is from something that happens. There's a cause and effect. It's external. We can see it. We, we kind of, we, we know where it came from. We, we got a reason to be happy. So you get a brand new car and you're happy. I hope, I hope you're happy when you get a brand new car. If you didn't take it, if you're not, take it back, right? So you get a brand new car and you're happy and then somebody keys it. And now you're unhappy, right? Okay. Y'all are quiet. I'm just telling you, happiness is fickle. You can have it one minute and it's gone the next. You finally get your baby to sleep and you look at each other, you smile, happy. And then you hear a cry and you want to cry. <laughs> oh, your favorite team is winning the championship. Happy. It's been a long time for you cowboy fans. Just, uh... By the way, I used to be one, but I figured out I wasn't really a cowboy fan. I must have been the Landry fan. But anyway, and some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm old. But here's the thing. You know what? You're all happy when it looks like your team is going to win the championship. And then there's a bad call or there's a, a, a play, a botched play. And all of a sudden it's all turned around and the other team is ahead and time's running out and you are unhappy. It's amazing just how bent out of shape some people can get over sports. But I just want you to understand that happiness is all about circumstance. And what we're talking about when we say joy is not about circumstance. It's not external. It's something that comes from the inside. Joy is a gladness, a cheerfulness of heart. And it, it doesn't come from anything on the outside. See, some people kind of get mixed up about this in, even in church, in the church world. Listen, joy doesn't come from humor. Joy doesn't come from jokes. No, that's laughter. Now, I want to say, laughter is good like a medicine. I mean, it's actually good for your body. 
When you laugh, there are endorphins that are released in your body, and that's a healthy thing, that's a good thing, and I think we ought to laugh more. But that's not what joy is about. No, joy is something that's much deeper, a gladness, a cheerfulness of heart, and you don't need a comedian to make you have joy. No, it comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. It is part of the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. It's the second part of the fruit of the Spirit. You see, it's something that God supernaturally brings in our life. Every believer ought to have joy in their life. In the early church, joy was one of the earmarks of God's people. Earmark. What's an earmark? Sometimes people will put earmarks on their livestock so they can identify them as their own or you know whose is whose. Well, here's an earmark of the people of God. It is the joy of the Lord. And in the early church, this was one of the things that really set them apart from the world around them was the joy that they had. Church, we need to have that kind of joy again that the, that the world around us sees that we got something they don't have. We have a real joy, an abiding joy that even when everything goes wrong, we still have the joy of the Lord. We shouldn't act like the world. I will tell you, you see, the enemy, he, he, he's the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he wants to steal your joy because he knows that then he can make you weak. Then he can render you unproductive. No, he wants to keep us from doing what God wants us to do. So we got to have the joy of the Lord every day in our life. That's what the way it's supposed to be. You know, there's always going to be bad things that happen. There's going to be bad people. There's going to be things that don't go our way, opportunities to be discouraged and even get down. But I want to tell you that none of that is too much for the Lord. And when we have our eyes on the Lord and we're focused on Him, we don't have to get discouraged and depressed. No, we have a joy that flows from the inside. I just want to caution you about a couple of things. You see, the enemy is always trying to steal your joy. And when you, when you allow yourself to get to the place where you're complaining, you know, looking on the dark side instead of the bright side, that's the enemy trying to steal away your joy. When you find yourself being ungrateful, you're about to lose your joy. See, when you become critical and judgmental about things, you're about to lose your joy. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus and don't let anything steal away your joy. You know, always going to be those battles and tests and trials, all kinds of problems, things that will try to steal your joy. But remember this, even in the worst circumstances of life, you can have the joy of the Lord. The Apostle Paul is a great example. He had joy even when he was a prisoner. Even when he was, had been locked up for preaching the gospel, he still had joy. And he tells us in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And he knows sometimes you don't get it the first time right. And again I say rejoice! Rejoice always. Now, you need to understand this about the word rejoice. 
Joy is a noun. Rejoice is the verb form of that same word. It just means to express that gladness of heart, that cheerfulness, to express it out of your mouth. And he's saying, express that joy. And you know what? We need to do that because it is a way we just keep the joy flowing in our life. It's also a way that God is glorified and other people see the joy that we have. But he said to rejoice in the Lord always. Not when everything's going right. Not when everything's falling into place. But always. You see, it's not driven by the circumstances. And it's not just based on a, a superficial or super... An outside emotion. <laughs> It'll come to me later. But I just want you to understand that that joy, it has to come from the inside out. I want to go back to John chapter 15, and we're going to be there for a few minutes. But back to John 15, I want to read verse 11 to you again. He says, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Now, there's a real important part of this verse that I've just kind of skimmed over each time. He says, These things I have spoken to you, that your joy, or that my joy might remain in you, and your joy would be full. These things I've spoken to you. What things? These things are vital to having His joy and having your joy be full. So what things is He talking about? If you go back to the beginning of the chapter, He's talking about abiding in Him. In verse 4, He says, Abide in Me and I in you. It is all about a relationship with Him. That's the source of our joy. A few weeks ago, I shared a message with you that the Lord is the source of our joy. But I want you to see here that it has to do with that closeness with Him. If you want an abiding joy, it comes from abiding in Him. If we are weak in our relationship with the Lord, we don't spend much time time with the Lord, not really walking with the Lord, we're, going to, we're not going to have much joy because He is the source. And so we just need to understand this, that that's the key. It's abiding in Him. That's how you can have a joy when everything goes wrong because you're spending time with the Lord. You're abiding with Him and He in you. Not looking to the world to make us happy. How futile is that? At best, it's fleeting. You'll have some happy times and a lot of sad times. We're not looking to the world. No, we're looking to the Lord as our source of joy. Listen to what Peter says about our relationship with Jesus. 1 Peter 1.8, Whom having not seen, not with a natural eye, though now you do not see Him, Yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. He's saying, we don't see Him, but we love Him. And we believe and we rejoice with the inexpressible joy full of glory. You have that inexpressible joy? I want you to know there is a joy that is so great that there are not words to tell it. That joy is available to us. And you see, Peter is talking about something that he knows about. 
that kind of love relationship with the Lord that's available to us. We need to spend more time with the Lord, more time in His presence, because that's where our joy comes from. In Psalm 1611, He says, In your presence is fullness of joy. Let's go back to John 15. What else did he talk about? He talked about bearing fruit. John 15, 5, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. I want you to know that there is great joy that comes from bearing fruit. When we are a part of God's work in the earth today, just like I believe Jesus had great joy as the Father used Him in this world to see people healed and set free and lives changed, we find great joy when we are a part of what God is doing in the earth today. I mean, when you're seeing lives changed, oh, that just brings such joy. Listen, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you take my word for it. There is nothing better in this world than to be used of God to have a part in seeing people's lives changed. That's for every one of us. Now, these, he said, I've spoken these things so that my joy would remain in you and your joy would be full. What things? Talking about bearing fruit. And then he talks about answered prayer. John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. What a fantastic promise. Again, in each one of these you see that abiding in Him is the key. It all has to do with our relationship with Him. But he tells us this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, You'll ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. This is one of those verses that people kind of use uh, and abuse just however they want. But when you read it in the context of this passage, I really believe that he's talking about in the work of the Lord. As we're serving God and doing what God would have us do, we, can, we abide in Him and His Word abides in us. We can ask what we want, and He will do it. That is something that brings joy. In fact, in just the very next chapter in John 16, 24, Jesus says, Until now, you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Wow. There's joy in answered prayer. Anybody ever had one? Ten of you. I'm hoping the rest of you have some answered prayers pretty soon, because I want to tell you it brings joy. You see, we need to know this joy that when we pray, God hears and He answers. We see God move and work. And He says, your joy will be complete. Jesus also said, ask, believe you receive, and you will have them. And you know what? When we pray, we need to believe that we receive because we, we start having joy. We should have joy when we pray and we believe. As long as we're saying, well, no, I'm not, I don't have any joy until it happens. Well, we don't really believe then. Because if we absolutely believe that God is going to do what we've asked, well, we got a reason to be joyful right now. In fact, listen to this from Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing 
that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, there's joy and peace when you believe. See, when we've prayed and we know that God has heard us, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of Him. That's what the Bible says. We've got a reason to rejoice. Oh, to have joy. And I just want to encourage you. What Jesus is saying to the disciples, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full, this is one of those things. These things I have spoken to you. Next, he talked to them about a love relationship that includes obedience. And I want to read verses 9 through 12 together here. He says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. You see, it's about a love relationship. But get this next part. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. This is one of those verses that a lot of people today would just have to get their little sharpie and mark out of their Bible because they don't believe what it says. And I want to tell you, if we want the joy of the Lord, we need to see what this says. I mean, it's right here. It's the verse before. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy might might remain in you, that your joy might be full. And he tells us that if we want to abide in his love, then we need to keep his commands, just as he abides in the Father's love and keeps the Father's commands. You see, here's the fastest way to lose your joy. Disobey God. Refuse to obey God. And any time that we have disobedience in our life, we know we should do something or we know we shouldn't do something, and yet we're just going on living in disobedience and we know it. Listen, I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm talking about when you know what's right, you know what the Word says, and you refuse to do it. It will keep you from having the joy that Jesus wants you to have. These things, is it really like that? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as, my, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. See, we like to pull out verse 11 and let's just claim the joy of the Lord. But I want to tell you, a lot of people aren't really having that joy of the Lord in their life because they know they're not really obeying God. There's areas of things in their life where they've just decided to do it their way instead of God's way, and they're not walking in obedience to the Lord. Then verse 12, now he's talking about here, he's, he's saying, if you keep my commandments... now." You notice it's plural. He's not just talking about one. But what's the most important one? He says, this is my commandment in verse 12, that you love one another as I have loved you. And this is a big part of how that early church had so much joy. They loved one another as Jesus had loved them. 
Oh, how we need this in the body of Christ today. That it's not just something that we talk about, but it's something that we do, that we really love one another. You see, when we love one another like that, it just creates an atmosphere of joy. When people come in and others are glad to see them, genuinely glad to see them, when we pray for one another and we encourage one another, we're building each other up, we're there for each other, bearing one another's burdens. You see, that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's, a, that's an atmosphere where there's so much joy. God is in our midst. When it, you see, when, when there's that kind of love, God is in our midst. And I'm just telling you, this is a part of how we have the joy of the Lord. It, can you have the joy of the Lord when you're all by yourself? Well, sure you can. Oh, but it's so much easier when we're loving our brothers and sisters and they love us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm telling you. And, and I really believe this is a church where we love one another. And I'm just telling you, go get them. I'm just telling you, let's do it all the more. That we, we just go out of our way to obey our Lord in this command. Love one another as I have loved you. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I'm going to say it one more time. We all face circumstances and battles that could get the best of us if we don't have the strength that comes from joy. Jesus, as always, is our example. We're going to close with this passage from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore... We also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And let me just mention here that every single one of us has a race that we are to run. There is a plan, a purpose of God in your life. There are things that you are supposed to do. And for us to do that, we have to run with endurance. We can't allow ourselves to get weak and weary and sit out of the race. Verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, eyes on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him, how did He do it? How did He go through all of it? The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For he considered him, for consider him, excuse me, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. And you see, that is exactly what happens to a lot of believers. They get in the thick and the heat of the battle and they get weary. They get discouraged in their souls. How did Jesus endure all that He went through? The joy set before Him. And He tells us we're to consider Jesus. Look at Jesus, you see. We have to have that same joy set before us. I believe that Jesus had that joy set before Him that He knew that He would win. See, and we need to know this when all the pressure and the stress of life is on us and we're in a, a great battle, we need to know that we're going to win. Oh, have that joy set before you. I believe that Jesus had this joy set before him that he was going to 
save us by what he went through. And you see, we need to know that God is using us, that every time that we go through a battle, it's making a difference in this world. We need to have that joy set before us each and every day, that whatever we face when the battle rages and it looks like there's no way, we have that joy because we know that our victory will come. You see, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father he is absolutely King of kings and Lord of lords. He won the victory. And guess what? His victory is our victory because He overcame, we can overcome. And there is, a, there is coming a day when we will join Him. And guess what? There's not going to be any more pain. There's not going to be any more tears. No, there's going to be victory. And you need to have that joy set before you that whatever the battle, you can endure it for the joy set before you. Amen. Amen. Stand with, with me and let's just pray.